Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Now, a good radio host would have been able to balance multiple things at once, but I was writing up for KPL965.com the death of Angela Lansbury. Had I been properly balanced and able to multitask and not suffering from adult onset ADHD, which is actually a misnomer, I've had ADHD all my life, but they only diagnosed it when I was an adult. If I had not had ADHD and I'd been able to multitask, I would have made sure that the opening intro gave way to the theme for murder she wrote and played us in that way. But I was not. I do not have the attention span to do multiple things at once. Something's going to get lost along the way. As it stands, those of you who have signed up for the show notes at joecunninghamshow.substack.com, you didn't get them yet. That's because they haven't been written yet because I was busy doing that. I uh, was getting ready to do the show notes. News came over the wire, so I hit that instead uh, to get that up on our website. But it is there, kpel965.com. Angela Lansbury, dead at 96, five days away from her 97th birthday. But what a career. Uh, I had to text my mom. I had to check on her because she is a fan. And these celebrity deaths, uh, she does feel those from time to time. Uh, my mother is... Uh, retired. She's at home in the mornings. Those syndicated programs, they come on. I think she's watched every episode of Murder, She Wrote a few times by now. That show, by the way, had an amazing run. 1984 to 1996. Stellar run for that. She didn't even want to, uh, she didn't even think she wanted to be uh, a television actress when she was approached. Uh, The producers of Columbo came up to her and offered her this role. She wasn't sure she was interested but she took it and she starred in it for uh, 12 years. Extraordinary. Just an extraordinary career overall. Won five Tonys. Her work on the stage was perfect. Uh, nominated 18 times for an Emmy. Got an honorary Oscar. I think she was nominated three times for an Oscar, but uh, in the 2010, somewhere in there, she was given, I think 2013, awarded an honorary Oscar. In 2014, named a dame by Queen Elizabeth II. Her very first film was in 1944. She had a tremendous career. Lived life absolutely to the fullest. And gonna miss her because it's just kind of, it's an iconic voice, if nothing else. You hear Beauty and the, the Beauty and the Beast theme from Disney's uh, 1991 animated Beauty and the Beast release. You hear that theme, the title song. You know it's her voice. You hear Mrs. Potts in that. For me, that was my childhood. Growing up, knew that voice that way. Of uh, Between my grandmother and my mom, Murder, She Wrote was on in the background of my life at various points. I mean, just know very well. Just recognize it. Think... Uh, the most recent thing I had seen her in, although I'm sure she'd been in some other things, maybe voiced some things, but when they did uh, they did a modern sequel or a more modern sequel to Mary Poppins, Disney did, she was the balloon lady in the park. And it was just kind of, oh my God, there she is. But that's just one of those. I mean, we're getting to the point and, and most of her work is either my childhood or, or before my time. And, uh, you know, even at 34 years old, 
uh, by a lot in the political community, in the political circles I've worked in, in terms of red state and all that, still considered a young guy. And so a lot of these things, you know, get, you know, teased for being so young. But Angela Lansbury, uh, you know, I was born in 88. So a large portion of my life, Murder, She Wrote, was there. And the voice of Mrs. Potts in those Disney movies were, you know, part of the subtext of a 90s kid's life. But that is going to be kind of an iconic voice that's missed. But kudos to her for for living to 96, almost making it to 97, but really just having an outstanding career. I would say the same thing about Betty White, but Betty White's death came not too long after I had written something at Red State, and it went on to be it, it, went, on, it went on to have the most traffic in Red State's history ever. But the problem is I, I saw the statistics. The thing I wrote at Red State, and it was about that Christmas Chevrolet ad. I don't know if y'all remember that. It was that heart that heart wrenching ad about the daughter who gets her mom's uh, Chevy, uh, her her mom's car fixed up and presented to her dad. And she says the very end is what she would have wanted. She starts choking up at it. And it's a very heart-wrenching, very sad, beautiful ad. I wrote about that. It went berserk on Facebook. It would have been the top post on Facebook or the most shared article on Facebook for the month of December, except Betty White died. And that news at the very end of December, overtook the thing I wrote. So I've always, I've always had it in for Betty White ever since then. But, you know, that's losing two icons of acting, you know, within a 12-month span. That's just awful. But at the same time, these are two women who lived extraordinary lives. All right, 232-1542, enough about the celebrity news today, although that is that is very hard. And if you want to talk about it and share your, your thoughts of what you remember from any part of your childhood, adulthood, whatever, seeing her, knowing uh, knowing the shows, things like that, feel free to call in. That That's always fun. Send a message to the, the KPL app, uh, the KPL app chat, uh, the little little app button up there. Just tap it. Uh, I think general message, general discussion, hit that, and just send a message to the show. I'll open that page up now to catch your, okay, well, the... Uh, the website did not want to pull up for me there. All right, so anyway, let's go ahead and take a break, and let's get into the news of the day after that. Just wanted to open up the show with that because that is kind of the breaking story right now nationwide is, or worldwide as Angela Lansbury is dead. All right, here's the break. We'll be back here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232-1542 if you want to call in, be part of the conversation I do have the message board up. If you want to send a message to the show, just go to the KPL app. If you're listening to the show through the app, that's great. If you're in your car uh, listening to the radio, please don't app chat while you're driving. But if you are just waiting in line to pick up your kid from school, go ahead and drop a message. All right. So the big news of the day, aside from the death of Angela Lansbury, which I am heartbroken about, the big news of the day, and you're not hearing a whole lot about it, is the Democrat ongoing meltdown to OPEC. 
the Democrats are extremely upset with the Saudis, with the rest of OPEC, with the Middle East and all these other oil producing countries for cutting the production of oil by 2 million barrels a day. But they're not upset. They're not really upset because of this big global oil cartel. They're upset because they've put themselves in this position. They understand that gas prices are going up in some places across the country by as much as a quarter over the last week, 25 cents in some places, including here in Louisiana. Wrote that at KPL 965 yesterday. As much as a quarter here in Louisiana and elsewhere. And it's in part because oil is a futures market and that market does affect gas prices because now everybody is anticipating more scarcity. They're anticipating the supply going down. And the Democrats are furious, not because the oil supply is going down. They actually want that. They actually want less oil and gas. They are upset about it because it hurts them in the midterm. And they're now out there shouting these conspiracy-laden rants about this being, uh, you know, doing this to help Russia, doing this to help the Republicans. It's their own damn fault. Excuse the language. But it is their own fault. They are mad over their own energy policies. Gas prices are going up. They are continuing to go up. The White House was in an absolute tizzy over the announcement. They called it unfortunate. They called it short-sighted. They bemoaned it. They decried it. Behind the scenes, they were apparently in full-blown freakout. The political climate is already against the party in power. I've talked about frequently the polls are shifting back in the Republicans' favor. You may think that the stories against Herschel Walker, you may think that Mehmet Oz being a bad candidate or Blake Masters being a bad candidate could prevent them from winning. And I'm telling you, there are signs that these candidates are going to do way better than you expect, including possibly winning their races. And the economic problems like gas prices, like inflation, all of these problems go against the party in power because they are the ones in charge. And yes, Americans realize it's those policies that have brought us to where we are. Democrats have lost it. Uh, Bob Menendez, who is uh, the chairman of the uh, Senate Foreign Relations Committee, he has th that committee has veto power over foreign arms sales. He is vowing to block all future weapon sales to Saudi Arabia and urging the Biden administration to immediately freeze all aspects of U.S. cooperation with the kingdom in response to its decision and OPEC's decision to cut oil production. Saudi Arabia would probably be more likely to cooperate with the United States if Biden had, hadn't spent the first part of his term personally insulting the prince of Saudi Arabia. The prince calls Biden and says, I am the president of the United States. I do not talk to a prince. I will talk to the king. Biden says all of these things about MBS, the prince, uh, Mohammed bin Salman, says all these things about him, accuses him. And, and of course, he was responsible for the murder of Jamal Khashoggi, a journalist with ties to the Washington Post. And of course, the media class wants Biden to be tough on MBS. 
Jamal Khashoggi, by the way, was no prince. Not literal, but he, he was he was no he he wasn't some saint. He wasn't some good actor. I mean, this is a former Muslim Brotherhood guy. He had ties to nefarious uh, organizations, but he was a journalist, and the journalist class wants some sort of of diplomatic revenge. And so Biden, who's outraged over it, personally insults Saudi Arabia, personally insults uh, the prince. And now Saudi Arabia is looking at Russia, looking at partnering with them. And in reaction to that, Bob Menendez and the Senate Democrats want to punish Saudi Arabia because they have dared to cooperate on the global stage and cut oil production. On the one hand, you love to see it. You love to see Democrats who are freaking out over their own policies having an impact on them. You love to see. At the same time, I don't want to be paying a quarter more per gallon. I don't want to be paying $3.30, $3.40 per gallon of gas. I got rid of my tiny car, had to get a bigger car because my family's growing. Have to buy more gas at a time when I go to the home. I don't want to pay more. But at the same time, you love to see people actually having to face the consequences of their actions. And that's what's going on with the Democrats right now. The Democrats aren't getting mad at an oil cartel. They aren't getting mad at Saudi Arabia. They're really getting mad at themselves. They just don't know how to express it because they don't fully understand that this is on them. You want to talk about short-sighted? How about the Biden administration coming into office walking in, threatening oil companies, vowing to shut down leases, generally making it harder for them to operate in the United States. The Biden administration wants to say things like, oh, well, 9,000 leases are still available. They just aren't producing. Not all leases are built the same. They all don't produce the same amount of thing. And when you are regulating the oil and gas industry to the point where it's not able to generate a profit, they pack up and go home. It takes 20 years of investment to see a return on oil and gas production. And you came into office saying, we're not going to allow you to make a uh, profit on it. We're going to try to shut you down any way we can. And so the investors aren't there and the oil companies without the investors aren't able to build and produce. We were a net exporter of energy before the Biden administration came into office. We were a net exporter. Now we're a net importer. We were praying that less than reputable countries, and yes, Saudi Arabia is one of them, less than reputable countries would provide the oil we need. Now our reserves are dry. Oil is more expensive than it was prior to Biden. And they want to say it's 100% the Saudis' fault. When Donald Trump was in office and they had to release from the Strategic Oil Reserve... Trump tried, Trump tried to buy the oil to restock the reserve. And you know what the Democrats did? They blocked it. Oil was at $25 a barrel. Now it's in the 90s and continuing to rise. The nation's at what, $31 trillion in debt right now? We have to go even further into debt to buy barrels of oil to put back into our strategic oil reserve which is currently basically empty. 
and the Democrats don't understand. This is on them. The quickest way to fix the problem is to roll back regulation, announce that American oil leases are open for business, let the oil companies go in. Oil is a futures market. Oil prices will go down just with the announcement, just with the rolling back of the regulation, but they're not going to do that because they are still so in love with the cult of climate change. They don't actually want more oil and gas to be available. They just don't want it to hurt them ahead of elections. So if they want to pitch a fit about Saudi Arabia and OPEC, that's fine. They're not doing so because of the oil. They're doing so because they have hurt themselves. All right, 232-1542. When we come back, Jeff Landry receives a major endorsement. How does this play into the gubernatorial race? We'll talk about that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232-1542. If you want to call in and be part of the program, you can also send a message to the KPL app chat. Had a couple of those already, including somebody who was asking about Tulsi Gabbard uh, deciding to leave the Republican, I'm sorry, the Democratic Party, which is very interesting. Now, the former congresswoman, not currently in office, but uh, ran for president. She is the one that I think most would credit with absolutely destroying Kamala Harris's presidential ambition, just... Uh, Absolutely slaughtered her on stage, figuratively. And uh, Harris couldn't recover. She actually had to drop out of the nomination process uh, before the primary votes actually started. But anyway, uh, there's that's a very interesting story. She uh, is furious with the Democratic Party for going too far to the left. Uh, she released a video saying that she was leaving the Democratic Party. It's now under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers driven by cowardly wokeness who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms enshrined in our Constitution. That was her quote. Um, and I, a lot of Republicans are cheering it. Um, and uh, Republicans need to be aware she was a Democrat for a reason. She She said she would vote to codify Roe versus Wade. I mean, this is not somebody who is super far to the right. She is a moderate Democrat. And she was tired of the shenanigans of the far left within her party. She is going to be an independent. Uh, she could very well caucus with the Republicans sometime. She could very well caucus with the Democrats. It, uh, and that's assuming she goes back into office. She would have to run for office again. Instead of running for Congress again, she ran for president. Uh, but if she does decide to run for Cong Congress, decide to go back in again, or decide to run for Senate, it'd be very interesting to see how she rolls. But, you know, Tulsi Gabbard is just saying out loud what a lot of Democrats in power are actually thinking. And they are very worried about the left pulling them further, the far left pulling them further and further. And that's part of the reason they're getting frustrated at the culture war stuff. At first, they were winning the culture war stuff. At first, they were actually moving the ball down the field. But at some point, their actions started hindering the return on investment in this war. They weren't able to continue. They weren't able to stay ahead of the social curve. They've, ex they've overextended, and now they're pushing for things that a lot of American families who really are in the center aren't liking, and so they're pulling back. And it's just making the far left furious.
as much as people want to say that the Christian right is is angry and they're Bible thumping and they're uh, they're overly judgmental, what the what the far left does to anybody who is not dogmatic is as bad, if not worse. And I don't like extremes on either side. But this is part of the problem that we have, part of the problem that both parties have. I know I said I was going to talk about the Jeff Landry thing, but let me get this off my chest real quick. Character still counts. I have mentioned before, I know a lot of people have sent messages and they don't like me saying it. I've said it before. I didn't vote for Donald Trump either time. Because to me, character is as important, if not more important. I want somebody that I know has the good enough character to be in office. And there are things about Trump's character I did not like. Now, while he was in office, there are things that he and his administration did that I do like. There are things that they did that I approved of, that I celebrated, that I went out and on Red State and elsewhere wrote words that were very positive about the Trump administration for doing. But the reason reason Herschel Walker is not doing so great in Georgia, a state where he should be winning, is that he was a bad candidate. He had skeletons in his closet. And he had a lot of behaviors, a lot of character flaws that turn a lot of more center-right to moderate voters off. They don't like the Democrats and Raphael Warnock, but they don't like the type of character that Herschel Walker had at the time. Now, Christianity teaches, and a lot of those voters are Christian, Christianity teaches redemption, forgiveness, things like that. But there are some things a lot of people struggle to overcome. But character does count. There are candidates that routinely get put forward that do not have great character. But both parties, and yes, both parties, this isn't a a, a whataboutism, this isn't a both sides, this is a fact. Both parties put up crappy candidates. Any Democrat out there shouting about Herschel Walker would have turned around and voted for Ted Kennedy 12 times out of 10. You know it, and I know it. Character means squat when you want your side to win. But at some point, at some point, we as voters have to come together. If you actually want to get something good and decent done, In moving the country forward, character has to matter again. We have, you remember the movie, I I said this to Moon today uh, during one of his breaks. I said, you remember the movie The Dark Knight where the Joker comes in and says, this town needs a better class of criminal? That's kind of how I feel right now about the state of our politics. I mentioned the other day, ben, I think Ben Sass leaving the Senate is a travesty. A lot of people don't like him. He voted to impeach Trump. He butted heads publicly with Trump. But you know what? He voted conservative every single time. He wasn't some outspoken guy. He wasn't some fighter, but he was steadfast conservative. And it's a shame he's no longer in the Senate. But now he's gone to California, not California, to Florida. He's gone to Florida. He will be the president of the University of Florida. The left is freaking out. But here's a guy, Ben Sass, is going to work with Ron DeSantis to help turn the University of Florida system around. 
and to start bringing back to American academia what it's lost, which is inherently a good thing. But that's a person who has carried. That's a person I would vote for each and every time. We don't have good character in our politicians much anymore. There are some. But more and more, I think you're going to find that the people in the middle are going to be looking for character. I see y'all on the phone lines. We're going we're gonna to take a break in a minute. We're going to get to the phone lines here in a sec. But before I get to you on the phone, let me say this one last thing about character. I realize everybody wants a fighter. Everybody wants someone who will fight for what they personally believe in. And yes, the fight does matter. But along with the fight, there has to be somebody that you can be proud of as a human being, not just somebody who's a politician who fights for the things you want, but somebody who as a human being you would have associated with, you would invite to your house knowing they were a good and decent human being. And oftentimes we don't have that anymore. All right, before we take this break, let's go to the phone lines. We've got Stephen on the line. Stephen, how are you today? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. Look, uh, yeah, I know you voted. You didn't vote for Trump two times, and Ben Sass, you're saying he was a good guy, character and everything. Uh, what do you think about his whole uh, impeachment vote of Trump? Do you think that it was actually an impeachable offense? I, I personally did not believe it was an impeachable defense, uh, an impeachable okay. offense. I did not. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Ben Sass has any character whatsoever. You know, vote like that. That that doesn't seem like a Republican vote to me at all. I mean, I get that. I fully I, I do get that. But there is no person who yeah, has everybody has their character flaws. That's what I'm saying. Everybody I mean, has character flaws, but those character flaws the character flaws don't always dominate the character. Everybody can make a mistake. That's what I said earlier. We talk about redemption. We talk about forgiveness. I can forgive one bad vote when he has such a staunch record of, of all the right things. But when what some candidates, they have an entire history of making wrong and immoral choices. That's the problem yeah. that I have with a lot of candidates. I mean, yeah, I, I get that. I, I, we're going to, I mean, I listen to you, man. And, and like, I have plenty of, you know, things that I don't like about Trump and his character. I do think he likes to try to elbow everybody out of his way. Yeah. He's, he's very, uh, in, in that sense, I mean, that, that's not a good thing. Yeah. But, uh, man, we have been needing a fighter for a long time. And, uh, I don't you know, disagree sometimes with God uses, you know, some of the worst characters as instruments of his will. So I don't, I don't, dis I don't disagree with any of that. And like I said, there were things about his administration that they did that I absolutely loved and wish that we could have kept that going. I right. do. It just makes me wonder, like, who, who did you vote for? Like, what choice do you have at that point? Like, who, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, as a citizen, you're, you're totally within your right to say, Hey, I, I didn't know. I didn't vote for anybody or you wrote in somebody. But I, I mean, <laughs> I left the top of the ticket. blank. I'll be honest. I left the top of the ballot blank and I just voted Damn, down. I, I, I voted down. Uh, I, I, there will be times when I will ignore all the federal races and I focus only on the local because, again, as much as I talk about the national stuff, I really do think that it's the local stuff that matters more. We need to be fixing our communities. Oh, very much agreed on that one, buddy. I mean, like, it starts at the local level. Yeah. It takes people of character at the local level to, to build the, uh, 
to build the foundation for, you know, for the national uh, scene. But uh, <laughs> Steven, you there? That I'm like, man, I mean, <laughs> but I mean, I understand. I mean, you're, you're an American. I'm an American. We all have our own opinions. So yeah. And that's, and, that's but, what it is. But here's the thing. Yeah. You and I can have this conversation rationally. That's what's important. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Stephen, thank you very much for the call. We do have to take this <laughs> break. When we come back, we'll take more of your calls. And I do want to talk about that endorsement uh, for Jeff Lange. We'll have all that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to call in, be part of the conversation. And let's jump to the phone lines. We've got Renee on the line. Renee, how are you today? I want to say I totally differ to your opinion about the morality issue. Yeah. If you hire somebody to sweep and mop the floor, unless they get locked up and they can't show up for their job, you shouldn't care about what they do on their time off as long as they can sweep and mop the floor you hired them to do. That should be the same thing as a politician. The problem with the right is they're too worried about the nitpicky fine things that doesn't matter about being an effective politician. When you look at the left, They'll have, like, this mayor from Chicago got caught buying cocaine from a prostitute, and he's a married man, and his constituents still voted for him. The left don't care as long as they get their food stamps and their LGBT, LBGT people get their operations and they get their privilege. They don't care about the right and wrong. But the right, the people on the so-called religious right is too worried about prissy things that don't matter about winning politics and getting the job done, just like sweeping them up in the floor. All right. Thank you, Renee. I mean, I, you and I are going to disagree on that. And, and the fact of the matter is, if it's so wrong when the left does it, why should we condone it on our side? Like I said earlier, the very people who will talk about us and the flaws of our politicians will turn around and vote for Ted Kennedy over and over again. The worst of the worst that the Democratic Party has ever produced. Possibly not the worst of the worst. There are others out there that have you know, we just know about him. But I'm, I'm, my point is this, and Mark brought up a good point during the break. Vote the crook. It's important. That is kind of, that, that's more important, more often than not, that feels like where we are. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to vote for the crook. I'm not going to vote for the racist. I'm not going to vote for the crook. And to the listener who sent a message to the app chat, I'm sorry that you think it's a vote for Biden, but when I, I'm literally not pushing a button in either direction, it's not a vote for anybody. It's not a, it, it's, it's not a binary choice. You can walk away. Gun to your head, Hillary or Trump, pull the trigger. And I'm, 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 I'm sick. I don't want to defend terrible people. I want to vote and support the people that I think are good and decent human beings. I think character counts. And I know that's not a popular position. And I know I agree. I agree with you, Renee. And I agree with Stephen that we need fighters. We do need people who will fight, who will go in and fight. But I want to be able to stand by that person. And I can't stand by the people who have done horrible things and who do not 
seek any sort of redemption for it. It's one thing if you are reformed, if you're changed, if you seek forgiveness for it, I'm willing to offer you that forgiveness. But if you are unrepentant of your actions, if you think that what you did was not wrong, I don't, I don't have time for that. That's just not who I am as a person. It's not something that I'm interested in supporting. And that's just where we are. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. We've got Kent on the line. Kent, how are you? Hey, I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing good. Hey, listen, I'm with you. I would never vote for a crook either. Yeah. I've, I've voted for Donald Trump twice. Uh, the man is not a crook. I got a question for you. Yeah. How do you know with all the lying and just vitriol and the, the lies that are spewed by the media, what to believe and what not to believe about the man? By his own admissions. You know, Half, half, half of the stuff you've heard about him has been made up about him. Okay, but more than I'm, half the stuff you've heard about him has been made up. More than half the recent stuff, but I'm talking about things that Trump admitted to himself. The, the adultery, the fact that he cheated on one wife after the other repeatedly. He, these are things he admitted to himself. He is, he is on record as saying he has never felt he had to ask God for forgiveness on anything. There are things that he has done, that, that, and that's a character where, flaw where, to me that where, I can't support. Where, where, where'd you hear that? I, I watched every speech a man's ever given. Where, where, where'd you hear this that? This is dating back where? decades. This is dating back from his time as a New York real estate mogul for decades. You can go and look up those stories. I'm not right. making this up. You know, you know, there's also things that he's changed on in that time, too. He has, at one time, he's pro-choice, and he, and he says he's found a newfound belief when he's, when he's seen things, and that has become a pro-life guy. I understand I mean, that. You change if you go back decades. You I, un- know? I understand people, that, and people, I, I've, 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 I've praised his administration for what they have set, for what they did on fighting for the pro-life cause. But there are other things in his character that I simply did not like. Can't thank you very much for the call. We got limited time left. We want to yeah. take one more call. We've got Jonathan. Jonathan, how are you today? I'm fine. I'm doing fine. I just wanted to bring in my opinion. Uh, yeah. President Trump. You know, he was definitely for this country, and he was back in it, you know, trying to make it great again. I, I just wish he didn't have the, and believe me, got a lot of us that don't like his mm-hmm. ways, you know, his, his smirkyisms, you know, during yeah. when he was in office. But, uh, but the Democrats just kept fighting it the whole four years. If they would have at least tried working, you know, they impeached him and, and everything, every time he turned around, he had to keep just fighting them and trying to run the country, you know? Yeah. It's just, you know, he just had a rough four years gone if they would have worked with him and not, well, you saw what, you know, how it went for four years. You know, yeah, so. no, like like I've said, you know, uh, and, yeah. and, and thank you very much for the call. I don't hate the man's administration. There's just things about the character I didn't like. All right, that's it for the day. I will talk about the Jeff Landry stuff tomorrow. I didn't mean to, you know, start a whole thing today. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Sign up for the show notes, joecunninghamshow.substack.com. I'll talk to you guys again in 23 hours. Offsides is next here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.